Hey everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the Hot Hits Wrestling Podcast. I'm Hitzer. I'm Hardy. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about NXT 2.0's first ever pay-per-view. Uh, they've ditched the TakeOver moniker and now, from now on, it's just going to be NXT something. You know, something. Yeah, um, TakeOver was obviously you know a remnant of the Triple H reign and they're moving the on from Triple that. H. The era of Triple H, it's gone now and this is the, the basically... The first big premiere for NXT 2.0, the first big showcase for them, uh, where the old guard put over the new guard, uh, and we bid farewell, uh, possibly, to Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, after our review of NXT War Games, I'll be talking about Triple A's a really awesome Triple Mania Regia uh, pay-per-view that happened the day before NXT, as well as NWA Hard Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's begin with NXT War Games, man. Um, I've um, I mean, I'm a bit sad that William Regal is not around anymore to, yeah. to scream war games. Like, it's not a war games unless he screams it. So right. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm just gonna call this NXT blood and guts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not many blood and, or guts though. Not not not. Uh, Johnny Gargano bled a bit, but yeah. yeah uh, not much blood or guts. Yeah, but as as we were saying la, like I mean, we haven't been. I'm overly impressed with 2.0. Um, no, not the tech team. Uh, not not Everice. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, NXT 2.0. So, Tasfala, it's not like 2.0 is terrible or anything. It's just that it wasn't the black and gold brand that we grew up and loved. There's a loss of quality, we felt. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it is to be expected since they're building an entire new roster. It's not just one or two Correct. or three new superstars. It's and like, suddenly, it felt very developmental rather than uh, established brand. Correct, yeah, yeah, because they were building like 35, 40 new new superstars or new wrestlers, like right out of the bat, and we didn't know what to think of it. But I think like uh, NXT War Games as a 2.0 pay per view, um, while not as good as takeovers of the past, I think this is the best case scenario for NXT Mm 2.0 because what they want to achieve with this pay per view is right, building new stars and, and getting you to appreciate and maybe become fans of some of the new people they're developing. And I think Mm -hmm. with this particular war games, um, they did that. It was this was the best case scenario for two point and I thought it was a very good pay per view. What about you? Uh, I'll definitely give it quite a good grade. I'll give it a B plus because I was really entertained. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are certain things that uh you get when you have two. I mean, because the the, the roster has quite a lot of developmental guys also. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in this pay per view, right? Mm-hmm. Like Von Wagner is quite new. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, among the women's uh. War games match there were a bunch of new new ish people. Uh Duke Hudson in, in yeah. a big match with Cameron Grimes, etc. Correct. Yeah. But then there's a mix of the vet vets also inside. So there's a lot of like uh like you could tell that the vets were really, really um helping uh the young guys a lot. They were trying their best, lah, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the times it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Mm. Uh I mean, who of the new of the new school, shall we say? Okay, first of all, can I just say that NXT 2.0 War Games mm-hmm. has more stakes and more investment in it as a brand warfare kind of pay per view than Survivor Series did because there is a real theme here of old school versus new school, right? Yes. Uh, like like the quote unquote kayfabe battle for the soul of NXT, etc., etc. Right? Mm-hmm. That in itself already uh, puts it way above Survivor Series because you know there's legitimate stakes here, um, thematic stakes. You know yeah. what you think? Yeah. yeah, I mean the whole team black and gold thing, man. Like you could really feel, like your heart wanting to support that team, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Definitely, you know, and, and with it being Johnny Gargano's and Kyle O'Reilly's, you know, um, final pay per view with NXT, also, you know, it adds yeah. a a new level of um poignance and and stakes to it, like You know, you yeah. want to see the the old guard do well, and as well as you want to see them put over the new guard as well, la. Uh, let's begin with the first match, though. Um, women's war games. Uh, Team Toxic. Uh, made up of Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and Mandy Rose teaming up with Dakota Kai, taking on Cora Jade, Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, and Raquel Gonzalez. Um, yeah. Uh, of course, you know, um, uh, this was a lot of focus on the new girls here. Yes. Uh, specifically. Specifically with uh, Toxic Attraction and mm-hmm. Cora Jade. Mm-hmm. And I think more than anyone else, a couple of things stand out. Number one, um, much like last year, Dakota Kai was the MVP of this year's Women's War Games. Uh, she always gives it her all, uh, as we saw with the Advantage Ladder match just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Dakota Kai bumped her ass off here. Yep. Um, Iro Shirai is always very good. Like, Especially, always, yeah. always, always very good. Like, I mean... I mean, I, the, the oh, previous war games, she was the, the MVP. I, I would say it was the Kotakai, but yeah, Iro Shirai, like, you know, putting the trash can over her head oh, in the yeah, previous yeah. war games and jumping off the cage, like, yeah, blinded. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was incredible. Yeah, crazy like, person. <laughs> and Iro Shirai continues being a crazy person here. But, yeah. the star of the show, mm. um, 20-year-old Cora Jade, mm-hmm. who sold me a ticket with her injury, um, I believe that I absolutely believed it up until the point where like you sure I closed the cage and like reset her arm. Yeah, um, that one I was like, okay, it's fake. <laughs> yeah, 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 but for a while, right, Korajit selling um, absolutely blew me away. It Same. made me believe, and even after I stopped believing, like Korajit selling still remained incredible. It did, uh, yeah. Even her selling of her arm being reset or her shoulder being reset, mm-hmm. um, very good. Like uh, this entire match was designed to put over Korajit, and you think that was successful? It was 100% successful. Um, I really had fun with this match. There were some parts where I felt there was awkward. You know, there's a bit like... Mm. uh, Yeah, but that's quite normal with a match with so many people in it. So many new people somehow. Exactly. So I didn't... uh, It didn't bother me as much. Even I could could close one eye on that. Yeah. Because at the end of it, did I have fun watching it? I had a lot of fun watching it. And that Mm -hmm. matters more to me than you Mm -hmm. give me a really 100% boring technical wrestling match with no story. There's a lot of stories going along in this match itself, which Mm -hmm. I really appreciate also, you know. Um, And uh, kudos to people like Mandy Rose. I I, I think this toxic attraction thing is working for her. Hey, her her faction is basically like the new Undisputed Era. They have all the belts in the women's division. Yeah. And I kind of like it. Like, I'm glad. I'm good for her. Yeah. But this War Games, uh, this... Opening war games match, right? Um, I think deserves like a, a B. Yeah, I think it, this was the weakest women's war games we've ever seen. Yes, and but at the same time, bad. it was at the same time it wasn't bad, and also the best case scenario for putting over the new talent, lah. Yes, um, with with special emphasis on Cora Jade, who sold really well, who did a lot of cool spots, mm-hmm. who got the win mm-hmm. at the end, uh, in a very sneaky like pin, which I actually really liked. Yeah. Um. A couple of spots that I do have to mention also is um, <laughs> do, you, do you remember like back in Halloween Havoc 2019 when yeah. Dakota Kai was stuffed into a, lo- a locker? Yes. That, and you, you know, we were wondering like how can Dakota Kai fit into a locker? It turns out she can fit into a trash can as well. She can. <laughs> Raquel Gonzalez stuffed her into a trash can and she was completely in there. Like you couldn't see her at all. Yeah. And then she just like, you know, threw the trash can about. That was one of the coolest spots I've ever seen. 
um, and kudos to Dakota Kai for keeping for for keep doing the spots because you know um, she's willing it's to always bump a sight. her ass off. It's a very good visual. Yeah, she's always willing to bump her ass off specifically for Raquel Gonzalez, and yeah. I, I I'm all for that. Same. Um, Kaylee Ray is a mad woman, you know, coming mm. over from NXT UK, and I'm gl- I'm glad she's finally getting that shine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, th- this was the Cora Jade show, and I think Cora Jade really really shown here. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a B as well. Uh, any final thoughts on the women's war games before we move on? A uh, great opening to the entire pay per view. This is this kept my energy up, and yeah, it followed on to a, a relatively solid tag team match also. Oh my god, this tag team match in my yeah. opinion, the next match, the WWE NXT tag team title match, Imperium Fabian Eichner and Marcel Battel mm-hmm. uh, taking on Carl Riley and Von Wagner. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, match of the night. E- this okay. this was my this was my match tonight. This even like trumped the men's war games for me because um Imperium is one of those like low key um, awesome factions. Yeah, awesome tag teams, even like like even yeah. without Walter, like Fabian Aina and Masabata are so great. But yeah. the thing is like they, they kind of suffer from from the Cesaro effect where you kind of yes. take their greatness for granted. Um this particular match uh really put over the next Cesaro, in my opinion, who is five fi- no, 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 not myself. Fabian Eichner. Uh, oh. Marcel Butter is the tall guy, uh, the German guy. Fabian Eichner is the guy who, you know... Um, yeah, back yeah, no. in, I know who Fabian Eichner is. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Fabian Eichner, your BBBW world champion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <in> <laughs> uh, Fabian Eichner showed out uh, in spectacular fashion here. And I think if he, if he were to ever move to the main roster, uh, he would be the next Cesaro. I think he already is the next Cesaro. Uh, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Butter, like, blew the... tore the house down, blew it me did. away... Um, some of the spots that he did here, I mean, his athleticism, the, the crazy double uh, double springboard moonsault, mm-hmm. the, the diagonal um, crossbody frog splash, whatever the fuck that he did. Yeah. Um, Von Wagner, probably the weakest link in the, in the team, but he, he did solid. I mean, not, not great, but solid, like very old school, 2005 big man moves, like shoulder blocks, power slams, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Riley continues to be a great babyface in peril. Yeah. Um, Probably, you know, his one song here uh, in NXT. Uh, well, he will be having a match with Von Wagner on Tuesday, like, but that will be his official one song. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was, like, one of the best, the, the best NXT tag team match in 2021. Uh, and a good way to close out the year for NXT. What, what about you? Uh, agreed. Uh, I really thought it was a solid uh, tag team match. Good follow-up to the first match. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really love Imperium. Uh, they, I feel like they are one of the... How you say? Just like uh, Undisputed Era, they're kind of perfect together. Mm. Mm. Like, it just makes sense. Not the whole European thing, just their wrestling style, the, the way that they carry themselves, the way that they sell, the way that uh, they sell their image, right? I feel it all works out. Um, and in the wrestling ring, they have this, this weird, tight psychology, which I really enjoy watching. Yep. Um, I think Kyle O'Reilly did a really good job in this match, mm-hmm. uh, and he, it's just that too bad his partner is slightly, uh, I mean, just not as good, lah. Mm. You know, there were there were a couple of moments in the end where I thought Kyle O'Reilly was going to win. You know, like where Same. that, like they sold me a ticket for that. Like I, th- I totally believed that O'Reilly was getting the win, and it made me rethink about O'Reilly's contract running up. And that that's the the hallmark of a great progressing match when I I'm twisted into mm-hmm. thinking mm-hmm. something totally unexpected. Yeah, because there were like moments that. You, I think, yeah, there were like three or four moments that I thought, oh shit, he's going to have it. But yeah. The, the, the finishing sequences at the end were spectacular. It is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and all the counters and all that were great. Mm. Um, so, 
yeah, you know, Bartel getting the win, I think, uh, yep. by the end. Uh, great stuff. Um, yeah, uh, I really, I think I'll give this like an A minus. I'm giving this an A plus, man. This is my favorite match of the mm. night. Um, of course, the, the if you want to say the main event is the best match of the night, I won't argue with you because that was great too. But we'll get to that in in just a mm. bit. Uh, but I mean, again, Imperium, one of the one of the old guards that really look good tonight. Yeah. Uh, so happy for Imperium. I'm happy, particularly for Marcel Bartel and Fabian Agnew because I think without Walter, they lose a bit of shine. Uh, and this this match proved to me that they can stand on their own uh, without Walter, and and that's quite important for them now because apparently Walter is you know going to the main roster. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Uh. Next up, we have a hair versus hair match. Yep. Uh, when um, hillbilly billionaire Cameron Grimes uh takes on poker player uh Duke Hudson. Um, as the pre-match package showed us, this match happened because Cameron Grimes um. Bluffed this way to a poker win over Duke Hudson. Yeah. Uh, yes, there, there was an actual segment on NXT TV uh, where they where two wrestlers played poker. I don't yep. know why, but that why happened. not? Sure. Uh, Cameron Grimes won that, and then Duke Hudson was so upset by that that he uh decided to cut Cameron Grimes' hair, which sets up this hair versus hair match between yeah. Cameron Grimes and Duke Hudson. Uh, yeah, I think of all of the two guys that were showcased in War Games, uh, Duke Hudson, in my opinion, is the weakest of them. And yeah. I think Cameron Grimes tried his best to elevate or carry Duke Hudson to a respectable, decent match. Uh, and in a sense, it did. Like, it was a solid match. Like, but uh, this was nowhere near how good Cameron Grimes is. And the match was at its best when Cameron Grimes was on offense. Um, so the, yeah, this was this was good for Cameron Grimes. But Cameron Grimes is always good. But it didn't prove to me that Duke Hudson is worthy, is, worthy for, is worthy of NXT TV time. Agreed. What about, what about um, again, again, but uh, this was, again, one of those goofy matches that Grimes just... Like, knocks out of the park for me. Yeah, but even in his previous goofy matches with LA Knight, with Dexter Loomis... Uh, the, the other guy also kind of benefits from it, right? The other guy was as good as Cameron Grimes. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. this was one case where the other guy, like, the, the skill level was not the same. Yeah. Yeah. And you could tell at certain times and all that, the greenness and all that. But mm-hmm. um, I think I'll still give this, like, a B-. minus. Sure, okay. Yeah, I still had fun with it. It was goofy enough for me. Um, Grimes winning, you know the whole pushing him to the barber chair, shave his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was. It's a hair versus hair match. Like I can't really say much. I didn't really expect much from this match, except to have fun with it. I had fun with it, so I'm okay with it. Absolutely. Um, I I just think that with a hair versus hair match, someone with short hair like Duke Hudson losing really like kind of negates it because he doesn't look that different like Bota or just with his short hair. I know hair, Cameron you know, Grimes I mean... Bota will be hilarious. Exactly, which is why I was expecting Duke Hudson to win. So I didn't yeah. quite like the finish either, but you know, oh well. Uh, next up, we have the WWE NXT Cruiserweight title match where Roderick Strong, uh, accompanied by Diamond Mine, Brutus Creed, Hachiman, mm. Now, and Julius Creed and Malcolm Vivens, takes on um, Woke Warrior Joe Gacy, accompanied by Harland. The story is that Joe Gacy is, you know, this um, extremist, woke, liberal dude uh, who who is, you know, like fighting for inclusivity in a toxic pro wrestling environment. Uh, one of his more ridiculous ideas, kind of making fun of woke culture, is that you know he thinks the NXT cruiserweight belt is uh, sizist uh, and discriminates against bigger men, um, which is you know kind of hilarious actually. Um, so it what is. he wants to do is he wants to win the cruiserweight title and then like open up the weight limits not to be sizist, uh, and he wants to beat Roderick Strong doing this. And Roderick Strong was so upset by this, he agreed to waive the 
the weight limit for this particular match against Joe Gacy. Uh, in the end, Roderick Strong, though, gets the win. Um, what do you think about this match and what do you think about the story? I... The story is interesting. It's just a good... It's kind of goofy too, actually. Yeah, it's very goofy. Just yeah. because of the fact that it, the whole weight thing works... You know, like how... Um, yeah, it it does have some real world implication. It feels like a, a commentary on um, like trans people, uh, trans women doing uh, like the weightlifting stuff, you know, mm-hmm. in in women's weightlifting or in uh, women's MMA. Mm-hmm. It has that kind of vibe, mm. but then they they but obviously you know they, they decided to do it on weight lah, which is a less a controversial. Uh, topic lah, I guess. Uh, it's just funny because you know the it's that same thing lah. The more weight you have, gives you that advantage by right lah, right? Correct yeah. and yeah. and also wrestling has historically been a big man sport lah, where Correct. where the, where it is the little man who were not included, you know. So exactly. it's a it's a it's a it, it's an interesting way to go about it. Yeah, so the, that, the, the irony of it. Yeah, so that there was that parallel that I could draw with like real life situations. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it made it, it made sense that they this is a little commentary on that, like guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the match itself, uh, I think Strong put up a very good performance as usual. As always, uh, yeah. yeah, as always. Um, I'm actually quite surprised that um that, that he won. Same. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought the way the way the story was going, Joe Casey was gonna win. Yeah, you know, and then he's gonna like be a piece of shit about it, lah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, Strong won. Um, good, good overall, I guess. Good action overall, good pacing, uh, because it's a Roderick Strong match, so no doubt there. Sure. Um, I think Joe Gacy put on quite a good show as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Joe Gacy is one of the more veteran indie guys that they signed. Uh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was the CCW World Champion. He was an ROH yeah. um, veteran, so I mean, he is not as developmental as the other people. Agreed. So I, I expected a more decent match from him, and I wish we got. Mm. Uh, that being said, Roderick Strong put out the win, so I guess WWE isn't ready to quite pull the trigger on the whole woke storyline yet. You know, they they were willing to take it up to a certain point, but sure. not. Not over. Uh, I still think the story is stupid. I still think Joe Gacy's character is quite dumb, and yep. he's just using. I mean, it's not Joe Gacy's fault. Joe Gacy is a great wrestler, but like he's a very talented guy. Yeah. Uh, it's just the 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 creative that's being given him. Like he's trying his best to make it work. Uh, yeah. I mean, I give him that. Uh, to me, it's just still not not working because he's the the writing is just using various you know buzzwords like trigger and stuff like yeah. that. Like, things that like the creative don't really understand because they're sixty year old men. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's why lah. But I'm glad Roderick Strong still got the win because I think he deserves a long reign as the cruiserweight champion. Mm-hmm. 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 Agreed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, still of all the old guys, right? Roderick Strong pound for pound, just in ring. Not not talking about character work, anything, just in ring. <laughs> It's probably the best wrestler that NXT has. No, but I think they really did such a good job with Diamond Mine. Like, I think this is the perfect perfection for Roderick Strong. Yeah, the authors yeah. of Plane. <laughs> the authors of Plane. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, now moving on to the next match. Uh, much like after the NXT tag team match when Kyle O'Reilly foresaw the turn by Von Ragnar because savvier and smarter wrestlers have turned on him. So he beat up Von Wagner, and then you know he got the chance of thank you, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, this War Games eight-man tag team match between Team Two Point and Team Black and Gold really felt more than anything like a, a nice sayonara farewell 
to Johnny Gaga- to Johnny Gagano specifically. Um, Team 2.0, Brown Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and Tony Jan. D'Angelo, accompanied by Trick Williams. Team Black and Gold, Johnny Gagano, LA Knight, Pete Dunn, Tommaso Ciampa. Um, so much of this was centered around Johnny Gagano's last match, you know. Um, they brought back his Rebel Heart theme song from a mm-hmm. few years ago, which he came out to. Um, he came out with Johnny Takeover gear. They, they redid all the classic vintage DIY spots, you know. Um, this was Johnny's match and his, his, his farewell to the company that, I mean, in all honesty, more than Finn Balor, more than Kevin Owens, this was the company that he built. This was the brand that, that he carried through and through, you know, because he never quite went to the main roster for like four or five years. He, this, this, this whole brand was built around Johnny Gagano's five-star matches, you know. They are takeover yep. in, takeover out. Johnny Gagano was the guy and he wanted to pay him respect here and, I was very surprised because WWE is not a very respectful company. Yeah. Uh, as as you know, the promos from from last week on Raw showed, you know, mm-hmm. uh, make, make, making fun of fire wrestlers. Yep. But in this case, yeah, this was a released wrestler that they wanted to roll out the red carpet for and say thank you. And I think of all the people, Johnny Gagano definitely deserves it. Like, what do you think? Um. Yes, I love the nostalgia from Johnny and uh and uh Tommaso. Yep. Um, I. <sighs> It's bittersweet, I feel. Yep. Um, however, one thing that I can take away is that I had so much fun watching this. There was so much sentimental value to this match. I think that's why it's my man, uh, my match of the night. Alongside great actions. Um, good story, great sentimental value, and yeah, great action, and exactly. great wrestling. Yeah, like yeah. what we expect from an NXT level uh, pay-per-view. Well, we yeah, guess, yeah. yeah. This was as good as any of the previous war games, and that's the highest compliment I can give it, like, Because there have been right. some really great war games, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So great, great action. Um, I but however, kudos to Team Two I think they came down and delivered. Um, oh, because this particular Two team had the best fall uh, of the yeah. new of the new breed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, purposely lah. You know, you needed the best to take on the best. You know what I mean? Correct, yeah. yeah. So this was like the best of NXT, la, of the old NXT, new NXT, and you had that vibe. And like you said, this was more of a Survivor Series match than than any Raw or SmackDown shit that, that they could have pulled off. There was real bl- brand loyalty here la, that didn't yeah. exist, you know? Which yeah. is weird because it's actually just one brand. But then just yeah. two different eras of the same brand, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought that this was perfectly written, perfectly done. Um, there are so many... Uh, spots which I had so much fun where I popped um, you know yeah so I really had fun here uh, LA Knight again really man Eli Drake is such a good wrestler good Mike great wrestler yeah yeah so I'm glad that he was in uh, Team Black and Gold um, a bit a bit of an issue there I love LA Knight I love <laughs> LA Knight and I've loved I've but loved kind of Eli- the new guy right I love Eli Drake since his NWA run and everything. Uh, but yeah. LA Knight joined the company in the middle of this year. I know. But then technically, he's in the... Yeah, like, he's technically in the old, old guard. Like, technically. By a month. <laughs> By a month. Yeah. But anyway, whatever it is, still a uh, good job, everybody. I, 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 gave, I gave this uh, A. Um, yep. Because I had a lot of fun. I love the sentimental value of it. Um, really great send off for uh, Gagano. Yeah. Uh, I do. Do you do? Do we talk about his landing spots? Uh, go ahead. Talk about it. I'm not sure. Where do you think he will be going? Um, I think he's going to take a break. Um, 
I saw the promo that he cut off air to the live crowd. He said that uh. um, he was going to reveal his future on Tuesday night uh, on NXT. But whatever the case is, uh, the backstage news is, best case scenario for WWE, if he resigns, he's going to take a few months off because he is very beaten and battered up. He's quite injured at the moment and he's been working through it. Uh, so even if he doesn't resign, I think he's going to take a few months off before before deciding a company to sign on. Uh, regardless, I think AEW is his destination. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, definitely AEW. That's 100%. Uh, with Johnny Gargano, it's a bit more open. I could see yeah. I could see NJPW strong as an option and I can see Impact as an option as well. Right, exactly. With Impact doing quite okay and NJPW strong as, you know, wanting to strengthen their roster. Mm-hmm. He'd be a great addition to NDJPW Strong. Yes. At the same time, also AEW, because of his work with The Way, uh, you know, he, you know, he's great as a comedy gimmick actor. Um, I think he might work out as a member of Best Friends also. I think he'll fit right in with Orange Cassidy's crew. Right. Uh, you know, it fits with his personality. And it really, like, boosts up that, that particular faction having an A-star guy like Johnny Gagano. That's true. Um, the match itself, I thought, was phenomenal. It had all the classic Hallmark Wargame spot. It had a lot yep. of great hardcore um, action going on. I think, um, remember when the breakout tournament first started when it was a 16-man tournament? Yeah. Um, you picked Odyssey Jones as the winner. I picked Carmelo Hayes. And as yeah. it turns out, Carmelo Hayes versus Odyssey Jones was the finals of this match. <laughs> so so me and Heidi know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Don't fuck with us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that being said, I know a little bit more because Carmelo yeah, because Hayes he, did yeah, end, yeah. end up winning it. <laughs> he did. <laughs> uh, and it's now the North American champion. So yep. him and Braun Breaker are the two big uh, stars of NXT 2.0. Yep. Uh, and I thought like as a showcase of Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes, both of them look incredible here. Braun Breaker mm-hmm. obviously getting the win and getting the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Tony G- D'Angelo, probably the most mediocre worker of the four, but he gets over on his character work and the crowd loves him, whether it's sarcastically or not. Yeah. They, they, they love the Tony D character. Yeah. Um, Grayson Waller is probably the most uh, underseen or plain of the four. But I do have to say that his selling here mm-hmm. was absolutely phenomenal. Grayson Waller's selling is Cora Jade level because, I mean, the way that he took Eli Drake's finisher, you know, the way that he spiked himself on his head and, you know, went vertical, the way that he sold the small joint manipulation by Pete Dunne, you know, when his fingers were trapped in the in a cage and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his elbow drop from the top of the cage onto the table. Grayson Waller like impressed me a lot here, as did Bron Baker and Carmelo Hayes. Um, Gagano, LA Knight, Pete Dunne, and Champa, I don't even really need to say much about them because of course they are good. Of course they are good. And it's amazing that this is Jordan Gagano's first and last war games. Yeah. Um, he, he fit right in here. Um, the spot that popped me the most though, mm. when uh when when Champa was you know getting beaten up uh, and gang attacked, mm-hmm. Gagano came to his safe with mm. a crutch. Yep. What a callback! That that part that pop, uh, that popped me hard. He saved it with the so crutch, great. and then they yeah. like they continued it with the crutch for a while more. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this one, such a throwback, <laughs> amazing! Like they, they they clearly wanted to throw back everything like, because he just yeah. Gargano's you know last stand here like it was amazing. And the crutch yeah. was the the breaking point. Remember when when Gargano when uh, Champa had enough? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, so great, yeah. The four matches that they had together, the crutch was a big element to it. La. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, um, A plus match, you know. How would Same. you rate this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, give, I, I, I don't know why I said A. Yeah, I meant A plus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I really had fun. Uh, good send-off. Uh, and I, I kind of want to see where Team 2.0 goes from here. 
I think this, I mean, the old guard really like put them over lah, and really yeah. did a lot for them. And I feel that hopefully NXT 2.0 writing gets a bit better because I think Braun Baker Baker is doing really well. I think Cameron Hayes, you know, now North American champion, right? Camelo. What did I say? Cameron? Uh? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. Uh, North American champion. I think Braun Baker is going to be a future uh, NXT champion. Um, I think yeah. he's the I think he's the future NXT champion um, in in two, three weeks' time. Exactly. I think I think it's about... I think he lost to Tommaso Ciampa the first time, but just barely. Mm-hmm. I think at NXT New Year's Evil, that's when he's going to win and they're going to kick off 2022 with the Braun Baker era, so to speak. Yeah, and the Angelo, come on, man. This guy is no joke, honestly. Tony D, I mean, technically he is a joke. No, I know, but, but he's... But, yeah, but you know he's what no, I mean? Yeah, but he's no joke because his joke is so good, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's why he's a joke, but because of that, he's not a joke. He's the new Cameron Grimes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to be that mid-cut guy that is going to be so entertaining that you don't care that his work rate is so mediocre, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, uh, in that sense, he's not like Cameron Grimes because Cameron Grimes' work rate is incredible. But yeah, yeah, he's a great character. He's he's classic like old school WWE. He's he's gonna fit right into the main roster. I feel very soon. Yeah, agree. This yeah, this, uh, this gimmick will work. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, as I said, this was best case scenario for Two because they showcased yeah. the new guys. As much as I wanted Team Black and Gold to win. They did the right thing like, because 2.0 needed to go over because 2.0 is the future. 2.0 is the now. Uh, yeah. And yeah, they, they, they did the right thing here. Um, do you think that on the 15th of uh, or 15th of December, uh, Ed Winter is coming? Um, the debut is going to be Kyle O'Reilly? <sighs> yeah, most probably right. <laughs> Duh. I mean, I mean, they have Bobby Fish there already. Like, exactly. How are they, how are they not going to sign Kyle O'Reilly, right? Correct. Like, you just need to. Like, it doesn't make sense to, like, not put them together anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, and then they can take on the elite, you know, because, you know, Bobby Fish has been been good to Adam Cole, but Adam Cole has kind of left him high and dry a couple of times already. Mm. So, they, they they can set up the the Young Bucks versus Red Dragons matches uh, from then. Uh, yeah, I mean, they'll be good. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Johnny Gargano in uh, AEW next year or... As soon as winter is coming, actually, mm-hmm. um, did did you read about Johnny Gargano's contract uh, uh, finishing last week? Uh, what about it? Yeah, uh, Johnny Gargano's contract ended last week. He he signed a one week extension because he uh, wanted okay. to do war games. But um, as of the tenth, he'll be gone. Yeah. Um, so, wow. I mean, if he only agreed to sign a one week contract, I think that implies that he's gone, lah. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, yeah. So unless he's a big ass motherfucking swerve, and they actually have a two year contract that is. Waiting for him after that one week contract, lah. Yeah, I think whatever the case, right? Johnny Gargano is done with NXT. If if he resigns, he's main roster. Yeah, yeah, agreed. He yeah, has done uh, everything he could, you know. Mm-hmm. And and NXT that he wanted to stay on for is no longer the NXT he, which it is, lah. Right, it's yes. a new NXT that that I don't think Gargano, um, should be the face of anymore, like because that's not the direction they're going anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So the whatever the case, main roster, A N E W Impact, N G P W Strong, it can be whatever it is. I'm very sure Gagano will be successful wherever he goes. Absolutely, man. Um, uh, you already rated um War Games as a B plus, and I think I would agree with that. I'll, I'll mm. give it a, a solid B 
as well. Maybe not a B plus, but a B. Um, a good start to the 2.0 era. Uh, let's move on to our finishing sequences, as mm-hmm. as we were. Uh, I'm gonna review a uh, triple A triple mania. Mm-hmm. Regia 2021, um, a pay-per-view that is A+, plus in my opinion, way better than War Games, as much as I, I enjoyed War Games. Mm-hmm. Um, great stuff going on here, particularly um, FTR versus the Lucha Brothers in a ladder match at Triple Mania Regia for the Triple A Tag Team titles. Um, Dex Howard and Cash Wheeler uh, brought in Eddie Guerrero. Uh, sorry, not Eddie Guerrero. Vicky Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero is dead. Um, Vicky Gu- yeah. What the Vicky- fuck? If they brought in Eddie Guerrero, that would be hilarious, like, like a hologram or something. Uh, but yeah. they brought in Vicky Guerrero to as their manager in Triple A to to watch their backs, and it's a move that really paid off heat wise. So a lot of the discussion going into um, FTR versus Lucha Brothers in Mexico was that. The Mexican audience or the AAA audience would not know who FTR is and they would not get a reaction to it. Much like when the Young Bucks came in, they had no reaction, right? Yeah. Those of you who think that FTR cannot get a hero reaction from any crowd, like, don't know how good they are. Yeah. They straight up, I mean, beginning, you know, like, they, they cut off the Lucha Brothers promo and they, oh. they, they created nuclear heat by insulting Lucha Libre culture. Uh, insulting Mexico, saying that you know, like uh, all the flips this entire event has had is like is really damn stupid, you know, whatever. No flips, just fists, as the WWE gimmick was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, immediately the crowd hated them. Like the crowd mm-hmm. had no idea who they were, but immediately they had like the biggest reaction mm-hmm. of the night, lah. Um, mm-hmm. to the point where at the end of the match, after they won, you know, people were people were trying to climb the barricade to attack them. They were throwing snacks mm-hmm. and drinks at them, you know. And I think that match must have made FTR really, really happy, lah, to get that out of you know. You won the uh, nuclear heat, man. That that this is the tradition, the classic disrespectful gringo reaction lah that that yeah. they got lah, you know. Um, as for the match itself, a ladder match with the Lucha Bros and FTR. I mean, come on, you already know this is good. Yep. You already without even watching I it, do. there's like I can tell you it's an A. <laughs> it's it's an A. Um, some of the spots they did here, uh, were great, and I think in my opinion, this was better than any AEW match these two have had so far. Uh, yeah, this this was a fantastic match with a lot of cool spots, a lot of cool hardcore spots as well. Uh, yeah, um, and FTR got the win in the end to Nuclear Heat. Nice. The, the, the best scenario. Um, Taya Valkyrie, formerly Frankie Mooney, uh, on NXT, um, already, uh, weeks after released, uh, two weeks, mm-hmm. has showed back up on Triple A, uh, and challenged Diano Perazzo. So, I, I, I knew Taya Valkyrie would succeed, la, like, mm-hmm. like, she, she is an Impact legend and a Triple A legend, and... Just because NXT doesn't want her doesn't mean that she can't go back to you know her, her the home promotions that built her and made her a star. Mm-hmm. And Tyra Valkyrie is back in Triple A, and I can't wait for her match with uh, Diana Perazzo whenever that happens. Uh, one of the matches of the night, though, the main event for the Triple A Mega Championship, which was vacated by Kenny Omega. Um, you know, obviously Kenny Omega is very hurt right now, and after he he put over Hammond Page, he's gonna take. A long time off, like he has yeah. to do knee surgery, shoulder surgery, hip surgery. Uh, he's probably gonna be out for like twelve months or so, you know. Um, so the Triple A Mega Championship is vacated, uh, and the end result is a fatal five way, uh, which is very interesting. Uh, Bobby Fish came in as one of the entrants. Triple mm-hmm. um, A standout El Hio de Vakingo uh, came mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Lethal also okay. showed up as one of the entrants. Bandido, the ROH World Champion, mm-hmm. uh, also showed out. Um, He's cool. Yeah, I came too. He's cool, and also the former Kalisto Samurai de Soul also hey! showed up. Samurai de Soul in the Fatal Five way, and I do have to say, like, uh, this is twenty minutes of just non-stop action. 
Like, uh, I mean, if you're the type that wants psychology in this, mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't be watching AAA. But mm-hmm. this main event with five incredible workers, um, and especially with, with Bobby Fish bringing in a, b- a bit of a different style, uh, really, they meshed together really well, man. This was the match of the night, in my opinion. And you should go out of your way to watch this Fatal 5-way. Uh, particularly because um, AAA has been building up El Hio de Vakingo for like two, three years now. He's clearly like going to be their Roman Reigns. Like, like they want him to be the next big star. And this was his crowning achievement. I'm a bit sad that he didn't get to beat Kenny Omega for the belt. But this was a great showcase match for him. And the fact that he finally won it. Uh, was a great moment. The entire Triple A locker room came out, you know, put him on his shoulders. They, they, they're clearly implying that he's the he's the guy. Uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, great match. Uh, right at the end. Um, I think Jay Lee was mean, very good in it. Uh, Bobby Hill, Fish is very good. know is a super young guy, right? Like he, he's quite. Yeah, he's a, he's in his late twenties, lah. Um, oh, man, oh, he's twenty four, bro. Oh, he's twenty four. Yeah, he's a super young guy. Yeah, super yeah. Young boy. Uh, I mean, oh, we, but we he already, comes from wrestling blood, lah. Correct. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a bit of a, of a luchador, like second second or third second generation. Gen, uh, second gen. Sec, yeah. Second gen. Yeah. Um. I mean, Bendito don't need to say he's the ROH World Champion. Yep. Kalisto, we know how good he is. Bobby Fish and Jay Lito, we know how good they are. I mean, this this fit really well. Uh. Some of the other highlights of Triple H Triple Mania. Mm-hmm. Kane Velasquez came yeah. back. Yeah. For his pro wrestling return, he teamed up with Pagano and Psycho Clown to take on Lost Mercenarios and LA Park in a six-man tag team match. Wait, didn't Kane Velasquez do a Triple A event last time also? Yeah, that was his pro wrestling debut with Cody Rhodes, remember? He teamed with yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Uh, some clown also. Yeah, Psycho Clown was in that match as well. Psycho Clown, yeah. Sorry, there were so many clowns. I cannot remember. Yep, yep. Got Murder Clown also, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how did that do? How did that go? Kim Lester's look, look good. It looked like, you know, he is um, made training? for... He looks like he's been training. He looked very smooth. He looked very crisp. Mm. Um, Kim Blaskers has said on the MMA Hour that he did not enjoy working with the WWE. Um, it's weird to hear an MMA guy say this, but, you know, he was quite um, um, appalled by WWE's, like, booking strategy and decisions, you know. Their inability, <laughs> their inability, he's not the only one. <laughs> yeah. But but you know like sometimes MMA guys don't know what's going on right and they're just like oh I'm happy to be here you know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kim Blaskers like took a look at the company and was like yeah I'm not coming back here. Uh so he made the decision to only work with AAA or with indie companies from now on. Um which is a very unusual decision because you know usually MMA guys want to work with the big dogs you know like Daniel if Daniel Cormier was to take up wrestling he's probably gonna go to um WWE right and Kim Blaskers is just like. Yeah, they they brought me in just so Brock Lesnar can get his win back. Uh, so <laughs> whatever lah. Anyway, Ken Velasquez looked good in here. Yeah, I mean Ken Velasquez, you know, he's the whole Mexican vibe, man. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, despite sense. despite the fact that he can't speak Spanish, which is hilarious. <laughs> no, but he's always very proud of his Mexican heritage. I know he comes out with the Mexican flag. Yeah, he comes out. Exactly. He comes out with uh, with the Mexican like guitars and everything. Exactly. He can't speak. He can't speak Spanish. <laughs> He's a bit like Sammy Guevara, uh, who calls himself the Spanish god, but can't speak Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because Jericho always makes fun of him, because Jericho can speak can Spanish speak better Spanish than him. <laughs> and because like Jericho worked at CML for so long, yeah, right? so exactly. he picked, he picked so, it up. Yeah. Uh, a lot of like, the Canadian wrestlers who worked in, in Mexico could speak really good Spanish after a while. And it's I'm, hilarious. I'm, I'm going to bet you that uh, Tetsuya Naito can speak Spanish better than uh, oh, Sammy Guevara. Hell yes! Tetsuya Naito was there for like four years or something. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I bet like Sammy doesn't even know how to pronounce the lost ignominables. 
<laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, uh, one other match I want to highlight though is yeah. a tag team match uh, between Dragon Lee and Dralatisiko. Hey, Dragon Lee's uh, not injured anymore. Yeah, Dragon Lee and Dralatisiko uh, have been working in CMLL and this was a big signing for them because um, CMLL and AAA, as you know, is a WWE, WCW relationship. Yeah, they don't yeah. get along at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, this was a major like cross... Uh, this was a major jumping of the ship, like, Dragon Lee and Dralatisiko, La Faction and Obanablis coming over to AAA to take on one of Triple A's biggest stars, Laredo Kid, and a mystery partner. The mystery partner turns out to be Willie Mack from Impact Wrestling. Uh, this was fantastic. Uh, in my opinion, actually, Laredo Kid and Willie Mack versus Dragon Lee and Dralatisiko mm-hmm. actually better than FTR versus the Lucha Brothers, in my opinion. Um, this was a five-star match for me and one of the matches of the year. I highly recommend that you check it out because Dragon Lee and Laredo Kid are incredible. Mm-hmm. And if you've not seen Willie Mack work, Willie Mack is like... Um, it's like what if you combine Rich Swan and Rikishi, you know? Because like Willie Mac is a big fat mm, dude, mm. but he can move like Rich Swan. Okay. He can move, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's incredible. Um, he he does the he does weird dancing like, a lot. Like he's like the funk guy, and he dances in the middle of matches. A bit of a comedy gimmick type of dude, but he's so athletic. Uh, and he's so good at pro wrestling that you can't help but love him. And and besides FTR, he got the biggest reaction of all the Gringo wrestlers, like, because you know he, uh. The the triple A crowd just ate up uh, every time he danced. Like he became like the big ba- baby face of, of the night. Uh, mm-hmm. And Dragony, you don't need to say Dragony is always really great. No, Laredo Kid is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, fantastic event. Triple uh, A really signing off on uh, on a high note for twenty twenty one. Finally, let's talk about NWA hard times. Oh, how did I go? Whoa, boy! Um, NWA ever since the COVID era, right? Uh, they lost. They lost all their heat. Uh, they no longer have any power with three R's. Um, oh, no. Goddamn, this was this was one of the worst wrestling events I've ever seen, man. Um, oh, I mean, they did lose quite a lot of stars as well. Uh. I mean, Thunder Rosa, for example, oh, yeah. etc. You know, um, NWA this year has just put on bad events after bad events after bad events after bad events, uh, and this might be one of the worst events that NWA has ever put on. That better. And the is is terrible right now. You know they they ha- they have people like Tyrus as their champion. Um, it's it's horrible. Like they they are just not a good company right now. You know. Um, I mean, no no offense to like Trevor Murdoch and and Mike Knox who are in the mini event. They're just not top tier stars, lah. You know. Um, that being said, there is one match here that was quite good. It was Mickey James versus Kira Hogan, uh, defending the Impact Knockouts Championship. Oh, that's uh, not even their belt. It's not even your belt. And that was the best match of the night. Uh, Mickey James versus Kiara Hogan uh, in, an, in an impact match, you know. So, hmm. yeah, it, it, it doesn't bode well for, uh, for NWA. Uh, one other big uh, signing that they had and they debuted this is uh, Fandango. Uh, debuted for NWA, uh, oh. now known as Dirty Dango. Uh, so, that was probably the highlight of the, of the night besides the impact match. But, man, NWA has really gone down the drain uh, in the last year and I'm quite sad about it. I heard there was a special appearance from Mick Foley. Mick Foley showed up, yeah, to to address the audience. Uh, I think he just did this because it's in December, and he gave him uh, an excuse to dress up as Santa as he likes to do, you know, back oh, in the yeah. WWE days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I like Mick Foley's uh promo. It was very short, very sweet. It wasn't like Ric Flair's like eighty five minute promo, you know, back when <laughs> NWA seventy three came out. You know, Ric Flair was just like, oh, I haven't been here in thirty years, and he just kept talking and talking and talking. Uh, Mick Foley did all the usual things. Like he did his cheap pop, you know. Uh, he, he mentioned the name of the town. He mentioned nice. the name of the of the promotion, and then he got out of there. You know, I'm, okay. I'm not complaining. That's good. That's good. Yeah. 
yeah, uh, it didn't last forever like Flash, and and I like that. <laughs> but but mostly it was uh, think about what were the highlights. Uh, a, a WWE signee in the Fandango, uh, the Impact Women's Match, and Mick Foley were the highlights of an NWA pay per view. And what were the lowlights? All the NWA wrestlers. It was it was quite sad. <laughs> How about the other one, the ROH World Tag Team Championship? Uh, that was okay. That was okay. The, the thing is, Aaron Stevens and Kratos are not great. Uh, and OGK had to like kind of carry them to a decent match. Okay. Yeah, but, you know. Understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Austin Aries and Red Titus was not good. Uh, Kobe Carino and Doug Williams was not good. Mm. Uh, Tyrus is one of the worst wrestlers in the world, and I can't believe he's their TV champion. and has been their TV champion for months. Um, yeah, it's... It's sad. No, I'm, 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 I'm not happy with the NWA, lah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they started off so well. Mm, correct, correct. Yeah. Uh, and then Tyrus, that Tyrus, that guy from WWE. WWE. Yeah, yeah, one of the worst workers. What was that? The big ass guy. What's his name? Uh, Brothers Clay. Brothers Clay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so he's Tyrus now. I mean, now he's in NWA. Okay. Yep. I always wonder where he went. Yep, uh, and and I wish that I wondered where he went so I don't have to keep seeing him. Uh, he's he's quite terrible, uh, to be honest. Um, anyways, uh, that is that brings the end for this week's hard hits, and we will be back in two weeks' time for the final hard hits of the year, the final one of the year to cover. Winter is coming. AEW. Uh, considering that winter is coming last year, headlined by the return of Sting. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming there's going to be an annual thing. Who's going? To, who do you think is their, their big signee this year? Um, the speculation, obviously, is either Kyle O'Reilly or Johnny Gagano or both. Uh, what about you? Who do you think? Maybe Keith Lee? Maybe someone else? Bray Wyatt? Who knows? Ooh, uh, Bray Wyatt's uh, thing is done already, right? Uh, Bray Wyatt uh, was... His con- yes, Bray Wyatt is done. Yeah, it was, it was four months ago. Correct. Yeah, so it should be done. So oh, that would be good. That would be a cool... Uh, what do you call that? That would be a cool review, I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone, any one of those names that you review would be fucking epic, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Um, but let's see, who's the most realistic? I mean, Kyle is most realistic, lah. Yeah, but... la, because of the whole like, you know, it, it makes sense because you just can throw him in immediately, and there's a story right there for him. But at the same time, also Kyle will be the least exciting because everybody sees it coming. Yeah, that's true. Also, yeah, 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 yeah. Like they want to do a sting where nobody sees it coming, you know. That, so what I think the Bray... fuck sting, yeah, that yeah. kind of reaction, right? Yeah. So maybe Bray Wyatt because you know people have forgotten about him a bit. Yeah, and it'll be like a really cool character that the WWE just refused to push properly. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Bray uh, Wyatt. I want Bray Wyatt then. Yeah. Uh. Also, I'll be reviewing um the final ROH pay per view, perhaps ever. Uh, RH Final Battle, the last pay per view before the company goes out of business. I'll be reviewing that as well. And plus, we'll be naming the best of 2021. Uh, oh, the usual. So many contenders, though. The usual hard hits awards. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, uh, tune back in in a couple of weeks' time for AW Winter is coming, RH Final Battle, and our end of the year awards as per normal. Uh, till next time, though, this has been Hit Zero. I'm Hardy. Goodbye, guys. Bye bye. Whoop, whoop.